pray for the word. Father, we just thank you now for this moment, this opportunity, God, that we've gathered in your place once again. And I do ask now that the words that will come from my mouth and the motives of my heart, Lord, that they will also be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength, our redeemer. Besides you, God, there's no other. And we honor you for bringing us into this moment. We thank you for more in this 24, this year, God, that you purpose to expand us, to grow us in greater good of you, God, that we will just seek your face even the more. And God, we realize that the only way to get to you is to go through your word. And we thank you today for giving us your word and for providing it with such clarity and confirmation. And God, we just thank you. We praise you today for your word. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new. Your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you say amen? One more time for Jesus, if you will, if you will, if you love him. Wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Amen. Real loud and proud, let me see them what? Bibles, 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 Bibles. Wonderful stuff, amen. If you need a Bible, go ahead and signal the ushers, and they will be more than delighted to assist you in any way. And um, we um, stamp those Bibles. You can have it if you don't have one. Um, but if you have one at home and just left it, just return that one, and uh, we can give it out to someone else next time, okay? Wonderful. Y'all give it up our ushers as they readjust themselves today. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Super excited about this year, um, what God has been presenting and showing and sharing. And so I want to jump right into it. I got a lot to cover. I want to culminate this moment of wisdom because um, God, had, I, I was not, I always say God plans are never mine. So he has the reign to do whatever he wanted. I was hoping to uh, close this out last week um, and start another segment of the series, Made for More. Somebody shout, Made for More. And so one of the things that we're talking about, and hopefully I can get through today. If not, we'll continue on. We're in the series this year. Uh, I want to talk about more wisdom. Somebody shout, More wisdom. You know, that's one of the things that I believe is so important in the life of every believer is that first and foremost, we learn to operate in the wisdom of God. Because when we do not operate in the wisdom of God, the result of not operating in godly wisdom is that we will operate in the wisdom of the world. We'll do things the way the world want us to do it and I promise you that it won't give you the results that God wants you to have that's one of the things about the way the enemy messes with us at times because he wants us to always take what God has promised us out of turn and on his terms he's listening to the same prophecies and things spoken into our life from children from our childhood to our adulthood he hears those things and he's constantly trying to interrupt. That's why I know, y'all, that the religion and the faith that we have called being a Christian is the real one because we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy that's all, there's no other group that has an enemy opposing them about everything. 
And that's how I know we're following the right God because there's always opposition trying to keep us from obeying it. And the reason why that, 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 that or the reason how we can obey God's word is to operate in his wisdom, to know the difference when God is speaking and when the world is speaking to us as well. That's a, a big deal in our life as believers is to know when God is telling me something or when I am just leaning to my own understanding. And so hopefully during this series, we've developed some ways and some understandings so that we can most vividly understand what God really has for us. And so doing more is God's purpose for us, but more wisdom, I believe, is God's plan for our life. Would you turn into your Bibles um, today into Ephesians chapter 1? And uh, we hear Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. He shared a lot. And, and one of the things that this particular book is emphasizing as Paul is talking to the church, he's really trying to get them to understand that you don't have to try to get God to do anything. What God has for you to do is already in you. Somebody shout, what God has for me to do is already in me. Everything the Bible talks about in life and godliness is already there. But what happened is that we got to walk in wisdom, develop it properly so that we can fulfill God's purpose over our life. And he emphasizes here that I need for you to understand that what God has for you is already in you. And his prayer is that we see it. I know you tell your children all the time and people that you know that may have, um, uh, that you influence or raise that, man, what's in you? You don't have to worry about what the world says. You don't have to worry about what's out there, but God has what for you is what's already in you. If you just tap into that, you'll be everything God wants you to be. But just like children sometimes, as children of God, we don't listen. God tell us every day, man, I got so much for you. Be like, well, no. But my prayer, my prayer like Paul's is that we'll hear it. Solomon was praying for wisdom above all and, and at all costs. And here Paul is praying for wisdom for everybody. He said if everybody get it, if you get it individually, if you walk in God's wisdom for your life, this world will be a better place. The world is made up of people that if they choose to do what God said, man, we have a better circumstance. We have better situations turn out for the good and versus just the way it ends up. And so my prayer today as Paul is praying is that we all walk in wisdom. I want to read this again and pick back up where I left off on last week prayerfully. Let's see what God says, right? And so in verse number 16 of Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I have not stopped giving thanks or praying for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking God, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, again, I read this over and again this week. I know all of my letters here on the screen is capitalized, but if you're looking in your Bibles, you'll see that this word spirit 
is capitalized, which represents the spirit that comes from God. It represents the big spirit, not just the little spirit that, uh, that, that, that we have, because that's when, the, when you read um, John chapter 4, where it talks about that those that worship him must worship him in spirit, big spirit, and in truth. The spirit is, a, God is a spirit, the big spirit, and those that worship him must worship him with, with their spirit and in the truth of who he is. And so here God is saying the same thing about wisdom as this wisdom comes from God. He says that you that the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Somebody shout, I want to know him better. But it's going to take God's spirit of wisdom for you to operate in knowing him better. One of the things we shared with you on last week is that this is the highest level of information and education. When you know God, you are operating in the most cognitive and comprehensive moments of your life. You can understand stuff that ain't seen yet. When you're operating in God's spirit, stuff that has not been revealed yet will begin to be revealed. People th people, stuff that people haven't told you. How many of people may not tell you everything because everybody don't want to see you outdo them? You may be working for somebody or be around somebody. They may not reveal to you how to be better than them. But God, when he does, he'll give you stuff that somebody else may not give you. He'll impart stuff. You're like, how you do that? God said, because the wisdom of God, because I know who he is, I know that he operates in me, and everything I need to accomplish in this life, God has already given me the ability. I mean, you can walk in some areas of your life that you have never experienced before, and you're like, God, it's like I've been here before. Anybody been there before? Like, man, like, it's like uh, the, the world call it deja vu. I call it God's future for your life. Oh, I've seen this before. God said, no, you've been, you, you, you know who I am. You understand who I am, and I probably gave you a glimpse of this in your dreams. And I want you to know me better because when you know me better, you'll begin to do better for your life. And then verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. This is important, y'all. It says, the riches of his glory inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, hear this, but also in the one to come. Somebody shout, God is in my future. So we started this, and we, we shared a little bit last week, and the prayer was that we would know God better, and we talked about that last week. And so I want to I wanna, I wanna bring back up this. I kind of got through this, and I was talking about this on last week. But I need my prayer, like Paul is, is that you know God's calling. Somebody said, I need to know God's calling. You do. If, if, when you, if you, you, my prayer is that every believer understands what God has called them to. Because this is, this is a pivotal moment in the life of believers is that when you understand what God has called you to for real, for real, you won't quit on it. You won't compromise for it. You'll hold it so dear to your life, you'll protect it because you know God called you to it. And that's one of the things that I believe that the enemy try to get us to not walk in is that believe that we're called to other stuff. 
And I share this all the time, that people climb the corporate ladder only to realize it's leaning against their own building. They thought, oh, God called me to this, and all of a sudden they realize that, oh, man, you know, wasted years of your life. And some of us have been there that moment. We're like, God, I, I should have listened to you then, and I'd have spent the last five years chasing a dream that only led, led to a nightmare. I see it all the time as a pastor. People come back and over and all the enemy, sometimes the enemy doesn't want to just destroy you. All he wants to do is delay you. If he can delay your calling, if he can keep you to putting it off to tomorrow and doing it later, and God, I'm going to do what you told me to do next week. Some of y'all been making God that promise for the last five years. God, I'm going to do what you told me to do. God said, when? Some of you sitting on the promises of God right now versus standing on them. And so many people, believers, and, you, and they wonder why they have not experienced God's fullness for their life because they have not accepted what God, and one of the things about accepting God's calling, you have to make sure you got the right plan. Amen. Some of y'all out of reception area. Amen. Okay. Amen. And some people don't remember uh, payphone. I'm a, I'm a payphone boy. You have, to run, you have to run to that payphone. Put a, my, my kids said, what a payphone? I said, he's the pager. And you don't know who was calling you. Before call ID, you used to just pick up the phone. You used to answer the phone. And if you, if you, if you had a nosy mama, they'd pick up the other phone at the same time. They'd pick, they'd pick up the other phone in the other room. Y'all remember that? Oh, Jesus. I can remember when cell phones came out, and then you had to have the right plan, and they had them daytime minutes. And somebody was calling you, what you say? Hold on for a second. Call me back after nine. That's what some of y'all been telling God, call me back next year. <laughs> I'm too busy right now. You know, if I serve you now, it'll cost me too much. Y'all know how the minute, it'll be like 30 cents a minute. Boy, that, call me after this. And, and, we, and what happened is that we start delaying the calls. And so much can happen in that time period that we can miss some of the things that God really purpose us to do because the word calling is a church word man uh, that we've been using for years man which because some folks will try to call you out one of the things I'm very particular about is calling somebody to ministry because this is dangerous y'all ain't saying nothing to me because hey, some people assume this is, this is the thing right here y'all is that some people think that their calling is a celebrated position That's why this verse 18 talks about, I want to pull this up, I want you to see this. Verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, look at this, in order. I pray that the eyes of your hearts are enlightened for a reason, not just for any old reason. God is not trying to bring you understanding and enlighten and open up the eyes of your heart. It's for you can see him. And see what he has purposed you to do. He says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And so many people think that their calling is a celebrated position. Make sure, hear this, that you understand that your calling will bring criticism. Oh, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying today. I'm, I'm, I, if, you don't, if you don't know nothing about calling, let me tell you, I do. <laughs> this is the last thing I thought I'd be doing. 
Amen. I know some people say, oh, pastor, you know, it's money. It ain't no money in this. I promise you the brain I got and the ability I got, I could be making a whole lot of more money. Some Fortune 500 company will appreciate this brain and pay me for every dime for it. But that ain't my calling. I done done business with people as a pastor, and they say, Pastor, I pay you to come work for me. I said, that's out of my calling. And some people say, they say, man, man you lucky, lucky man. I say, this ain't the, this, 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 this position has caused me to almost lose my mind. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Has called me to question myself. Has tore up my confidence. Living in a fishbowl. Being criticized for every word you say. That's why God said you got to understand the wisdom of God and what you really called to. Because when you call to something, I don't care what somebody do to you, you can't quit. If you quit on it, it wasn't your calling. It was just a convenience for you. Your life under scrutiny, every chance, your calling going to create criticism, and that's why most people don't accept it. Because they can't go through the process of the hard times and the trials. Folks liking you one day and over one moment stop. That you question for everything you do when it's yours and your calling. That's hard. And that's why so many people run away from it and so they just do ministry that's convenient for them. Let me serve in this area. It look real easy. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? That's why this prayer is so important because when you start experiencing the call of God in your life, you'll start making the impact in the world he's purposed and birthed you to do. Some folks just mad that you're still standing on your calling. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I, I, I can tell you from... Most of the people that don't probably like... Because I'm still, still standing right here. And no matter what problem came, I didn't quit. And y'all bet you all know I done dealt with some crap. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Criticism. Great love as well. The love is good. And I'm telling you, man, when you, you, you can spend all the love you want, but moments that are hard can cause you to say, yeah, I know a lot of people love me, but that one. So I want you to understand, this, your calling isn't a celebrated position. Everybody may not celebrate you in your calling. You got to know that. And my prayer is that you're walking and you're understanding, God, because I'm going to know that my prayer is that I'm going to tell you this why. I'm going to get to the point, right? Because it's not what I saw myself doing because it's not your gift that you have. It's not, it's not your gift. It's not about your gift. That's what I want to say. It's not about your gift, but it's really about God's glory. Amen? Because what your calling does, let me tell you what your calling does. When you accept it, 
when you really understand it, it secures your inheritance. Somebody shout, it secures my inheritance. You're going to get, anybody got some stipulations that your kids can't get your stuff until they accomplish certain things? Amen. If you got some, if you, now, somebody said, I don't know. I ain't, I, I'm just trying not to leave them with debt. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Amen. But you, if you notice that people that got some stuff to give, they say, well, you know what? I'm not going to give you this until you fulfill this. There's some requirements. When that, when that inheritance is as great as God got for you, there's some things that you're not going to get from God until you get right and fulfill the purpose of God in your life. Because it secures when you understand and you walk in your calling, and regardless of the criticism, the critiquing, all the challenges and all of this stuff, God said what you're doing is making sure that you're prepared for what I got in store for you. Because I promise you what God got in store for you, if you ain't got through the little bit you're going through, you ain't going to be able to handle what he really got. Oh, yeah, I ain't saying nothing. I promise you, I'm telling you from personal experience, there's something that God is preparing you for in that valley mentality that by the time you get to that mountaintop experience of your life, you're going to say, God, thank you for taking me through that, which you took me through, because all it did was prepare me for where I'm at right now. Because what happens a lot of times, people get to promise prematurely and they end up missing out on God's purpose for their life. They want everything thrown at them. Give it to me. It's going to be all right. And you ain't going to take care of it if you ain't work for it. You're going to blow your inheritance. Y'all know some people like that, boy, so they got that insurance money. <laughs> Woo! That inheritance came, you ain't see it no more. Five months later, here I go again. What'd you do with all that money? You know what this? Because God is trying to mature us but what he's trying to manifest in our life. And that's why he says that it secures our inheritance. That's why he says, when I want you to, in verse 18, he says, I want you to understand this. Bring it back up right there. He says, may you be enlightened in order, hear this, that you may know the hope to which I call you. The riches, this is where I want to go right here, right? It says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, somebody shout, is in. He didn't say around. He didn't say over there. He says in here. In his what? Holy people. Not in his heathens. Okay. Somebody shout, you got to be holy. You got to be holy. Well, that's the hard part, right? You know, I, I learned something, right, about being a holy person. It's you know, uh, uh, y'all, y'all heard the term many times, you know, somebody uh, slap you in the face for the, <laughs> some of y'all ain't learned that yet, right? He's like, I ain't there, I ain't there yet. You know, but I was just, I, I was getting, gaining some greater understanding about this, the uh, thought about being like, more like God and understanding that turning the other cheek does not necessarily mean slap this one. When you read the Bible in its context, God is presenting us an opportunity to show them who we really are. And a lot of times when somebody slaps you on this cheek, he says, don't respond to them from the cheek they slapped. Because if I respond to you from the cheek you slapped, I'm going to slap you back. Because the way you make me feel from this side of me. 
But what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you this side of me. And I'm going to love you a little differently. And I'm going to show you who I am in Christ. And that's what, because they didn't say, because they didn't say, put this side for you to slap again. No, they don't say that. I know people have misinterpreted it all the time. But I'm going to show you a different side of me. Even when you have hurt me on this side. When you're called to where God wants you to be, you'll always be showing people your best side. Even though they may hurt you on this side. And God said, because you don't want the because all the enemy is trying to do is snatch your, snatch your inheritance. Because sometimes the enemy don't have to take from you what God put in you. We give it away. By our responses to things. that we See, the word holy actually is translated to those that take the high road. Holiness is all about, because some of y'all like to go low. You, amen. You go low with me? You be down the, you, you, be, you be under the chair punching them. You go low with me? I'm going to go low on you. I'm going to get all the way down on you. But somebody said, you got to stay holy. You got you to remain on the high road. That's the hard part. Because you, 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 you operating in your calling. Don't let them call you out of your calling. You, you remain because you understand what God has for you. He said this is an inheritance for his holy people, a glorious inheritance that he's already placed on to the, the inside of you because you are, hear this, God's greatest investment. When God created mankind, it was his greatest project ever. He didn't put his will in the trees. He didn't put his purpose in the plants. He put his purpose in his people. Everything that God needs to accomplish in this earth is going to operate through somebody in this room or watching or around this world. Everything he needs to get done is going to happen through one of us. And that's the purpose of God that you got to understand that we got to understand to know God's riches. Somebody said, I got to know God's riches. Because poverty mentality and poor mindset is not necessarily without the money. It's, it's without the information. How many of most people don't need more money? They just need more knowledge. Oh, if I got more money. No, you got more money, you won't still be broke. If you operate in the right understanding of it. I want people go... That stuff go through the hand like water. If you ain't got nothing up here. And that's why he says, I want you to know this because it's the God's riches. It has nothing to do with your income. It has everything to do with your understanding of who God is. He says, I pray that the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. This phrase refers to God's inheritance in Christ that's in us. But it's awesome truth lets us know that God actually sees us as his great wealth. Because you, look at your neighbor and say, you are God's personal investment. And this is what investment, I realize about an investment is it's the opposite of a deposit. Because sometimes we live in our faith as if it's a deposit. We put in, we want back out. <laughs> and you ain't going to ever live good, good like that. Any investors in the house. Sometimes you got to leave what you put in. In there. To see it, what? 
make a return later. What happened is that you got to see your future at the deposit. If not, you're going to always pull it out. <laughs> Amen. As if, as if I'd be looking at them things like, Lord, that thing ain't went up yet. You know, David. <laughs> Woo! I, I said, but I ain't going to touch it. You know how I feel, David. I, ain't Woo! I lost. Oh, I lost that. But I'm going to leave it right there. Because if I just stick to because I, 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 I didn't make that deposit, I made that investment. And when I made that investment, I had to mentally see its future, no matter what fault happens. Y'all hear what I just said? When God had put something in you, he didn't care what fault happened in your life. He saw your future right then when he put within you, with all the gifts in you. He put it in there and said, I don't care what devil come in their life. I don't care what circumstance come in their life. I see them here if they just understand who I am. And that's what God really wants us to understand because this is why God always deals with us on the basis of our future and not our past. Amen to that, somebody. Anybody glad he don't look at our past? Because if God looked at our past, boy, we'll never progress nowhere. I promise you, you'll still be where you were, but every time you come back to God and say, here I am, Lord, I'm ready for you to use me. God said, come on, I give you another opportunity. As long as you're alive and you got breath in your body, you got another opportunity to fulfill God's purpose and his calling over your life. Amen? And that's why God always look at what he put in you and not your past. I'm grateful for that, right? Because this is the believer future. We live, somebody shout, I live in the future. Our lives are determined by what, by what shall be and not what has been. It shall be done. Somebody look at you and it shall be. That's why the Bible ain't written about what has been done. He said this is what shall be done. This, this perspective allows God to tap into his mighty acts in our life, but also it allows us to tap into God's power. So when we believe stuff like this, I know the world think we crazy sometimes, but what it does, when we start believing what God says and how he sees us, and, what, uh, and we, we begin to say, God, it's not about what I did, but what you got in store for me. It's not what has been, but what is to come. That is when we begin, as believers, to tap into God's power. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you got to know God's power. I'm going to get up out of here. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Jesus. Yes, I do. Okay. All right. In 19, let's look at verse 19. To know God's power. It says, and he is incomparable. Somebody shout, his power is, is, is incomparable. It's unmatched. You can't put nothing else up against it. But sometimes we try to make God's power like it's, like a, like, like it's some on and off switch. Like it's battery operated. You know, I tell people all the time, sometimes we can walk in church and we can do certain things. And I, if I rub my feet on this carpet enough and touch it, you'll feel something. But there's nothing else. I can shock you. But if I'm connected to the source, I can electrocute you. And some of us, we come in church, we shout a little bit, we got enough electricity. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all you got for the week. Because you don't believe what God purposed you to do. You ain't walking in your calling. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't tapping into that inheritance. So you're walking around powerless. That's why we got so many believers walking around with no power. You got miracle working power in you. You got raising the dead type power in you. 
You got healing the sick type of power in you. You can pray over yourself type of power. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, I don't mean to, I don't mean to say this, but, but in 14 years, you ain't never seen me miss on a sick day. I cleaned up, and I was telling somebody, I was, at a, I was at a game the other day, I was talking to another pastor, and he said, man, you look healthy, you look good. I said, I just declare God's healing over my body every day. That's all I do, that's all I say. I ain't, ain't, ain't nothing, because I eat what I like. <laughs> y'all can't tell? I'm t okay, all right, y'all see how this shirt fitting. But I'm serious, but no, I, I claim it in my mind. I do, I do, I say, because that's the type of power we walk around in. COVID happened, what happened? I've been sharing this stuff with you because you're, you think that I, that power is, is in us. I, I enjoy praying with you and stuff like that, but, but if you can't reach me or reach somebody at the church or somebody that you know, you got prayer power inside of you. I know, somebody, I know the enemy wants you to have to defend, depend on somebody else to get a breakthrough, but you got breakthrough power in you. I want you to know that because sometimes we don't realize it and we think we got to come to a place. This is, this is great gathering and, you know, a, a great environment that's conducive to God's power. But you walk around with that power every day. Somebody shout every day. And that's why this is important, y'all, because it says his power is incom incomparable. His great power for us who what? Y'all supposed to say it. Y all, y all, oh, y'all, we be looking at the Bible? Okay, gotcha. For those that what? Okay, gotcha. I, I ain't want to miss you. I ain't want to. Those that what? Those that what? It ain't say for those that doubt. Y'all who? Doubt is of who? The enemy. Anytime you're walking in doubt, you probably ain't gonna see nothing. Cause some of us, but if there, some of us, if there was a God, then we'll see. Well, God really want me to have it. God said that's not how I operate. That's doubt. That's not believing. He says his, this, this. This power is on, only incomparable for those who what. And this power ain't just any old type of power, right? Because I be thinking sometimes, you I know, mean, I, I share this quite often, man. My grandmother, boy, was a prayer warrior. And, um, man, my grandma told me as a little boy that one day I'd be doing this. And I never thought she was, I never, I, th I didn't think she was telling the truth. They told me I had a preacher head when I was a little bit, you know. You know, you got four corners. If you had four corners, they used to count them, too. The preachers, y'all remember anybody? They would go around your head and say, you got one, two, three, four. You got a preacher head, four-corner head. Anybody remember what four corner mean? Yeah, okay, I'm a, I'm a southern boy, so. Um, but she never saw me do this. Never got a chance to witness it. Her picture's up in the hospitality this week. And I always remind myself about what she shared with me. And I'm always thinking about that. Man, God, she never, ever got a chance to uh, um, see this happen in my life. And I'm like, man, I wish she can come back and see me. Anybody ever wish some of your loved ones can come back? Like, man, I wish they could see me now, all the stuff they prayed and never, and they prophesied over your life and they never got a chance to see it. And, you know, no matter how much you pray, they're going to still be in the grave. But our Savior isn't. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Like, I know we got great wishes that great legends, like those that have set the trails for us in life can come back and see how good their prayers and their dreams came to pass. 
But this is why I always share that God's power is incomparable because it's like no other power. It's, there's nothing that you compare to it. You can't even put it in the same category as anything else. And that's why I want us to realize and understand that, man, even though we can wish, but what we got to promise is that this power, the Bible talks about, it says that the, the, the power, the last part of that verse 19, that power is the same power. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the what? Dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the ones to come. This power is incomparable. But I'm letting you know this that what God has placed in every believer is the power to break free. Somebody shall break free. But God is showing us that what good it is to have wealth and not use it. See, we talk about this right here, right? And we talk about God's great inheritance, but what good is it for you to have God's inheritance and never use it? Walking around with all this great power, all this incomparable power of God, and not put it to use. And here's the second reason why we need God's power, because there is always an enemy out there trying to rob you of it. He's out there seeking whom he may devour, trying to wipe away and rob you. But he could never defeat us because of the power that is on the inside of us. And that's the spirit of God's power that rests and rules in every one of our life. And I'm telling you, man, if God has given you something, I encourage you and I pray for you today that you will use the wealth that God has put inside of you. Don't waste it another day. Look at your neighbor and say, don't waste it another day. Don't let your wealth rot. Don't let that thing that God has placed in you sit there any longer and fulfill God's purpose for your life because this is going to cause you to operate in the greatest wisdom of God ever when you start understanding, operating, and fulfilling God's purpose over your life. Because I tell you, man, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Amen to that somebody. There's going to be not, I'm, I'm, I hope I can pray this prayer over your life today that you won't sit on your gift another day. That you won't allow the enemy to tell you that it's time next year, next month, or, 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 or whenever, that you'll declare that today over your life. Amen. That God, you have put some great stuff on the inside of me that the world needs to receive from me, and I will not sit on this thing another, another day, not another second. I promise you, I pray that God will not allow you to sleep at night until you start walking in his purpose for your life. That he'll start confirming those things even right now in your life. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about right now because your butt about to itch right now about to be like I got to get up out this seat because I already understand that God got something greater that I'm not doing amen amen and he want us to know that the greatness of God's power so that we won't fail to use the wealth that God is placing us so that the enemy won't deprive us of what God has purposed us to do and that's my prayer everyday people of God that we are walking his purpose for our life that we'll see the goodness of God in this land and through your lives. I want to thank those that are understanding even the more your purpose, but I pray even the more for those that are trying to discover. You ain't got to find it. It's already in you. 
You ain't got to go searching the rural for it, trying to look on social media for it and let somebody else misidentify you. I want you to look inside yourself. Somebody look at yourself right now and say, self, I'm going to find, matter of fact, I'm going to discover who you really are. And when I discover who you really are, I'm going to walk in who I really am. Come on, lift your head up and declare the goodness of the Lord right now over your life. Come on, I need you to act like God has already fulfilled his purpose in your life. That you are not set on your purpose another day. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to talk about something next week. It's going to segue right into next week so I can get there. Got to finish right here. Because when you talk about more focus, God said, I'm really trying to put your future in perspective. There's some things that you've been seeing that you don't even believe is for you. I heard God say the other day, man, Eric, I'm going to make you, I'm, I'm, you're going to be giggling at what I got for you. You see, you're going to be like, oh, no, nah, nah. He said, but because you understand who I am and what I have for you, what's in store won't scare you. Anybody facing something so scary you only believe it's for you right now? You're like, God, that's too much. I don't have the money for it. I don't have the mind for it. But God, I believe I have the power for it. You had to understand that kind of stuff. I know it don't sound like regular English. The English verse says you got to have this, 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 and this. One plus God is more than enough. Hey, when God on your side, you won't be denied. You won't miss your purpose. You'll walk in your fullness. You'll see things shift for your better, but you got to get right with God. Now you can't be out there doing it your way another day. You're going to have to get it right with God. And you know what right look like. Stop waiting for somebody to tell you what it is before you get it right. God has already told you. You woke up this morning and know the situation you're in is not what God purposed for you. You knew that. You know that whatever it is that's keeping you from God's fullness for your life, you know exactly what it is. Nobody has to tell you. If you, if you, if you accept this, you got, you got a spirit. It ain't your shabba-da-da-da. It's your convictor. It's the one that tells you that, hey, what it is isn't right. Or it is right for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It confirms the will of God in your life. That's why the spirit of wisdom, the one that comes from God, they say this is not a wise choice because when you're not making wise choices, that means that you're automatically making foolish ones. And foolish choices will never allow you to see your future. It'll only cause you to fail. I'm just being 100 with you. Wise choices. God's choice for your life. God's purpose for your life. Amen.